ESPN Sports Radio 1392.5. Now for something completely different. We're going to bring, bring it all together. Because this is the bottom line. ESPN Radio 1392.5. Oh. Are we back on the air? Yes, we are. ESPN Radio 1392.5. I don't know what happened there, ladies and gentlemen. You'll have to bear with us. It's the bottom line with Brad Taylor. Thank you so much for joining us here on this Sunday morning. Sports talk from a handicapping perspective. Thank you so much for joining us. Uh, Miss Judy, please take your meds this morning. 859-381-1313 if you'd like to join in on the conversation. You can email the show anytime. Bottomlinelex at gmail.com. And you can follow us on Twitter at bottomlinelex. On today's show... Our running gag, a.k.a. the official Bottom Line SEC Tournament Countdown, is now down to three days. In case you haven't been listening, we started this countdown ten weeks ago at 73 days. Knowing that this would be the only way Kentucky would ever make the NCAA Tournament, lo and behold, it actually happened. But we actually have good news about Kentucky basketball for this conference tournament. Contrary to everything that we've been saying on this show during the regular season. Also, our unranked traps continue to cash tickets at an incredible rate. Going 2-1 and one straight up, 2-1 and one against the spread again this week. Running our record 22-5 and five straight up on the year. 20-7 and seven against the spread for the year. Don't believe us? It's all documented in our podcast, WLXG.com, if you don't believe us. Our Bracketology 101 class continues today with ways to win in the conference tournaments this week. Spoiler alert, dogs early, defense late. And, of course, the most profitable segment of Lexington Radio, our Mac Daddy Stogie picks coming off yet another profitable week. Who needs retirement plans when you can invest in our get-rich-quick schemes? All that and much, much more coming up today on this edition of Lexington's fastest-growing sports talk show. But first, Eddie Murphy. Eddie Murphy's been in the news this weekend. His new movie, Coming to America 2, was released on a streaming service. I've read mixed reviews about this movie. Apparently, you need to be 40 years old or older and have seen the first movie to get a lot of the jokes and references. I don't think I named that streaming service on the air, but you can find it if you need to do so. But it's a sign of the day and age we live in now. No longer are the big movies released only in theaters. They come to your TVs 9 to 12 months later like the old days. The big movies now are just put on these streaming services. You can watch them immediately. But change is a part of life. I digress. But along with the first coming to America back in 1988, I can't believe that's 31 years ago, by the way. That's, that's, that's 30 plus years. What, 33 years now? That's a lot of years. Eddie Murphy could do no wrong back in the 80s for a while. Everything he touched turned to gold from about 1982 to 1988. He basically single-handedly saved Saturday Night Live when it was about to die. And he starred in a bunch of great movies, 48 Hours, Trading Places, The Golden Child. Of course, his only stinker during, during that time was a movie called Best Defense, which actually had our own Matthew Lawrence, who you can hear every weekday here on ESPN Radio, as part of the cast. Coincidence? <laughs> You'll have to ask Lawrence about that. But Eddie Murphy 
could argue he was the biggest star of the 80s. His stand-up comedy acts, delirious, raw, classics that were memorized by kids my age and repeated to each other ad nauseum. So what if the guy has 10 children by five women? Who cares? The man was the biggest thing in show business at one time. But Eddie Murphy's biggest movie was Beverly Hills Cop, 1984. Made $316 million at the box office and was the first VHS tape that I saw a lot of my friends go out and buy. Yeah, back then we went out, bought movies on VHS tapes for like $20. It was ridiculous, but in 1984, it was cool. But Beverly Hills Cop transformed Eddie Murphy from a star to a superstar. Of course, we all know the whole story. A cop from Detroit drives a sky blue Nova to Beverly Hills and tries to avenge his friend's death by taking out a drug lord in a city where things are run more conservatively and close to the vest than he used to. Seems like a simple plot that's been done before, and it was, and it has. But Murphy took that simple plot and made it sing, coming up with jokes and impressions and one-liners that all of us kids at the time repeated to each other time and time again for months. But there was one line in Beverly Hills Cop that I remember more than any other. Eddie Murphy's character was being followed by the Beverly Hills Cops because he was seen as a troublemaker. I wonder why. Another story for another day. Anyway, the cops were on a stakeout in their car outside of the motel that Eddie Murphy's character was staying in. And Eddie was so street smart that he figured this out immediately. And he ran behind the car and stuck several bananas in the cop's car's tailpipes. So when Eddie left the hotel to go chase the bad guy himself, the cops tried to follow him, and their car wouldn't go because, well, there were bananas in the tailpipe. Brilliant! So those bumbling cops were replaced by two other even more bumbling cops who, when they met Eddie Murphy for the first time, uttered the classic phrase indicating to everyone that we won't be fooled by your little childish pranks again, saying, we're not those previous guys. We're not going to fall for the old banana in the tailpipe. Meaning, you might have fooled us once, but you ain't fooling us again. Equate that to yesterday when Kentucky defeated a COVID-ravaged South Carolina team that obviously was trying to get to the end of the season with a Final Four coach who might be fired after this week by the score of 92-64. to 64. Of course, the public was all over the cats of this game with a nice 69% of the money on Kentucky. And the public got this one right as the cats easily covered an eight-point spread out in the desert. So now Kentucky mercifully ends their regular season. Nine and 15 straight up, eight and nine against in uh, the SEC, their first SEC losing record since the 80s. And for our purposes, eight and 16 against the spread. All this for a team ranked at the top 10 in the AP preseason poll back in November. That seems like ages ago, huh? So in no way, shape, or form could you categorize this season as anything other than a monumental disappointment. But a big win in the season finale, coming off two terrible losses, has a way of cleansing the old palate and making people forget about what has happened the previous four months. Now, off of just one big blowout against South Carolina, a team who has gotten a roll of stamps and mailed it in long ago, heck, this 
South Carolina team lost to Arkansas at home by the same 28-point margin as they lost to Kentucky yesterday. So is this really a big win over a team that's lost eight of their last nine games and is about to fire their coach? Is that something to celebrate and treat as if it's a season-changing win? It sounds like it if you listen to John Calipari and the Big Blue Nation after yesterday's win. Calipari, of course, after the game, we've looked at him all year. It's the most entertaining part of this season. After the game, he says, if we played this way all year, we wouldn't have lost many games. Wow. Thanks a lot, Coach. How'd you, how'd you come up to that one? It helps when you hit 13 out of 27 three-pointers because Lord knows you've been in the 200s most of the season in the nation in three-point field goal percentage. But then, of course, Calipari qualifies and quantifies his season by saying, it's hard to build confidence in a team when you start one and six. Well, why did you start one and six then? That's the question all Big Blue Nation is wanting to say. But then Calipari gets into some codes, some codes we have to read through if we're just the common man. Cal is trying his best to beg B.J. Boston to come back next season by using those Jedi mind tricks, by bringing up Emmanuel quickly and comparing him to B.J. Boston. Quickly, who's playing very well in the NBA this year, is going to be a guy Calipari dwells on constantly going forward about staying an extra season. But if you think B.J. Boston sticks around next year based on what Cal said yesterday, You might also believe in unicorns and leprechauns as well. It ain't happening. And do you think that Big Blue Nation favorite Dante Allen is out of the doghouse yet? Even in a 28-point win, Dante Allen only played 10 minutes. And when Cal was asked about it, how come this guy only got 10 minutes in a big blowout yesterday? Cal goes, oh, poor Dante. So much on him right now. Oh, poor Dante. Really? It's like it's called having to answer questions. Why is it playing more every single day? That's what's on him right now. I'm not saying Dante Allen is a superstar, but to play him 10 minutes yesterday is as telling as anything Cal has ever done to this kid this season. I have absolutely no inside information whatsoever, but how could this kid stick around here next year? Seriously. And if you're a kid like Reed Shepard down in Laurel County, Even with the legacy of his parents at UK, how can you even be thinking about coming to Lexington? You can't win if you're a Kentucky kid. I saw this happen when I was a kid. Rex Chapman, unrealistic expectations. They were putting him on statewide television when he was in high school playing in these games all over the state. And Rex was a great player. He was a lottery pick in the NBA, top 10 pick. Wasn't good enough for the Big Blue Nation. Because these kids from Kentucky who dominate in high school, then they come to UK, they don't play nearly as much as the Big Blue Nation thinks they should, and all of a sudden they're considered a disappointment. I guarantee you, when Rex Chapman left Kentucky, a lot of the Big Blue Nation considered him a little bit of a a disappointment. Why? Expectations. Calipari continued. Let me tell you why I've stuck with B.J. Boston. Every day he's in the gym working. It's not mental with him, it's physical. Well, why would you want to say that if the kid is thinking about going pro? I don't know. By the way, speaking of going pro, where's Terrence Clark at these days? Is he even, is he still around? I didn't see him yesterday, maybe I just missed him. Yeah, he played seven games this year. 
He's not playing again. Speaking about guys who I didn't think would play again, Cameron Fletcher, who actually played yesterday. And then Calipari raves about him. He's been fabulous. I told you, I told him that I wanted to get him in and I wanted to see him play and said that his attitude was completely different from when they played North Carolina way back when. And then he, Calipari complained about him because he got tired and winded during the game. Well, what do you expect, coach? You haven't played him since December. To sit there and tell me that Cameron Fletcher is now a changed man, well, maybe that's coach spin. Calipari also said, now we get a couple days off to get ready to play in a tournament we've had success in. And we wish we had a full house. Hope is our fans will find a way to get in there anyway. Yes, those are the Jedi mind tricks we're used to from Calipari. Trying to get the Big Blue Nation down there because you have an advantage. There's only going to be 3,000 fans in that arena down there. Might as well get as many Kentucky people as you can. By the way, speaking of recruiting guys like Reed Shepard, who is this Kareem Watkins kid they had yesterday? I'm going to be honest. Didn't know anything about it. Then you read up on it. He's Dewan Wagner's stepson. Milt Wagner's step-grandson. I didn't know who this kid was. I thought they just took him out of the stands or something. Come to find out, he's in because he's Dewan Wagner's stepson. Oh, by the way, Dewan Wagner has a son who's considered two years from now the best player to come out of high school in the entire nation. Huh. Ironic, isn't it? The things just don't add up. Oh, they totally add up. And here comes the Big Blue Nation after seeing this game yesterday. Oh, this game's going to turn everything around. And true, you couldn't have drawn up a better season finale than what came out of Rupp Arena yesterday. But one game of awesome does not wash away three months of lousy. So now we look ahead. We don't look back as much on this show. We look ahead. The SEC tournament. We've been pointing to this for 10 weeks, for 70 days now. Thursday afternoon, 1 o'clock, number 8 seed in the tournament, Kentucky, versus number 9 seed, Mississippi State. There will be a little bit over 3,000 people allowed in this game. Mississippi State, 14-13 and 13 on the season. 8-10 and 10 of the SEC, but 15-12 and 12 against the spread. Of course, everybody remembers the game on January 2nd. Hard to believe that's over two months ago now. When Kentucky rallied to win in overtime, 78-72, that was the famous Dante Allen game. Speak of the devil. He had 23 points in 32 minutes, mainly because Calipari was ejected and Bruiser Flint coached the game and left him in the game. Ben Howland in the SEC tournament. He's coached four years. This is his fifth year. In four conference tournaments, uh, Ben Howland at Mississippi State, Three and four straight up. Three, three and one against the spread. Eh, there's not much there to get to take from that. He's played to the line, though, in every game. Three games he's been favored to win, won all three. Four games he's been an underdog, lost all four. But John Calipari in the SEC tournament, we've gone over time and time again how he underperforms in the regular season. Conference or non-conference, home or road underdog or favorite, no matter the situation, Calipari does not win you any money during the regular season. When that calendar flips to March and you're in the SEC tournament, everything changes. In his days at Kentucky, John Calipari, the SEC tournament, 
23 and 4. That's 85.2%. That's straight up. When he's a favorite, he's 22 and 3. This is all straight up. He's only been an underdog twice in the tournament, 1 and 1. In Nashville, 10 and 2 straight up. That's Calipari in the SEC tournament. That's very good. But against the spread, you're cashing a lot of tickets. Against the spread of the tournament, John Calipari, 17, 8, and 2, 68%. Believe me when I tell you, we don't have anything, any trend in the regular season that says Calipari covers more than 55% of the time. Now you're hitting 68 here. When he's a favorite, Calipari, 15, 8, and 2 against the spread. When he's an underdog, he never loses, but he's only been an underdog twice, 2 and 0. Oh. And in the Nashville SEC tournaments, he's 7, 3, and 2 against the spread. So when the calendar flips to March and Calipari is going to the SEC tournament, no matter whether he has a good team or a poor team, Calipari performs well and cashes you tickets in the desert, exceeding the already high expectations that he and his team has. So Calipari might be the time of year this March, this week. You might be looking to play them, especially if they get past Mississippi State in this first game, and then play that Friday at noon game against Alabama when everything will be on the line. That might be your best time you'll find all year to take this Kentucky team. Some other SEC tournament trends, there's not much because not many coaches have a very uh, big sample size. The worst coach is Kermit Davis, 0-2, straight up. Michael White has lost you a lot of money. The Florida coach, he's 3-4, and but favored in three of those four that he lost. The worst coach against the spread, you saw him yesterday, Frank Martin. He's 4-8 and eight in his career at South Carolina against the spread in the tournament. If Kentucky gets by Mississippi State, they get Alabama, a team they lost to twice, including by 20 here in Lexington. Ken Pomeroy says Alabama will face Arkansas for the SEC championship on next Sunday afternoon with Alabama winning. That would include a win over Kentucky. But what happened this year? Was it just the players? Was it just Cal being stubborn and set in his ways and not wanting to get into a new era of basketball? We can debate that all summer long. And believe me, on this show, we'll probably have to a time or two. But the Big Blue Nation has to ask themselves something this week. Do they believe what they saw the first three months of the season? Do they believe the analytics? Do they believe our friends out in the desert? Because all those things tell us that Kentucky has virtually no chance of winning the SEC tournament. Or do you believe in a one-game season finale from yesterday and believe in magic and still think professional wrestling is real? But what has happened doesn't matter anymore. The past is the past. The season comes down to what we've been preaching on this show for 70 days now, the SEC tournament which starts in three days. Here trots a team all the way to Nashville, ranked number 10 in the AP preseason poll. If you're a member of the Big Blue Nation, you have that to hang on to, as well as a great history in this SEC tournament, especially in Nashville. And as rallying cries to win this thing and pull off the unexpected, winning the SEC tournament and qualifying for the NCAA tournament. But the numbers... Tell us that a 9-15 and 15 team should be tantalizing their fan base with thoughts of the NCAA tournament. 
dancing in their heads. So when the Cats eventually lose this week, which we think they will, we just hope that the Big Blue Nation doesn't fall for the old banana in the tailpipe trick again and get their hopes destroyed by putting their faith in a team that simply isn't very good and isn't nearly as good as some of the other teams in the SEC, and that will be proven this week. And that's the bottom line. ESPN Radio, 1,392.5. The bottom line with Brad Taylor. Coming up after the break, the rest of the world of college basketball heading into the final day of the regular season. We'll have our little conference tournament uh, Power 5 preview. Teams that are favored, teams we like with some value, all kinds of college basketball. But first, I am third. They work to carry out the belief through a commitment to serve the city of Lexington and surrounding counties through basketball, soccer, equine, tennis, and a variety of other sports, camps, and recreation activities. Last week, we were out at I Am Third on ESPN Radio for their big championship weekend, interviewing coaches and players, so that was a big kick for everybody last weekend. So call our friend Jeremy Hobbs at I Am Third to inquire about their spring programs. They serve the Lexington community. Community like nobody else in this town, I can promise you. That's Jeremy Hobbs at I Am Third. I am third.org. That's the capital letter I A M, the number three RD.org. I am third.org. ESPN Radio 1392.5. I hope we're on the air again. Brad Taylor, the bottom line with Brad Taylor this morning. Thank you so much for joining us here on this Sunday morning. Trying to get a few things worked out here on the uh, the old board over here. Hopefully this thing will work out going forward. 381-1313. Hopefully we're back on the air. Uh, apparently we weren't heard in the first segment. Uh, and I had a great little diatribe too. So make sure to listen to our blog, podcast, WLXG.com. So, uh, by the way, if you're out there listening, make sure to text me to see, make sure you can hear me right now. Because... I'm not sure if we're on the air yet this segment or not. So if you have any help out there, please let me know via text if I'm back on the air this segment. Because if we're not, I've got to hit some more buttons around here that I don't really uh, know what's going on totally. But hey, we're going to do our best and we're going to keep going here on the bottom line. Of course, it's NCAA tournament time. There's nothing like the NCAA tournament here at ESPN. By the way, Moorhead State just won the uh, Ohio Valley Conference Tournament. They beat Eastern Kentucky on Friday night. By uh, giving them the Ohio Valley Conference. Say goodbye to the Ohio Valley Conference. Eastern did. So, yeah. Goodbye, Eastern. They, uh, Moorhead State says, uh, smell you later. They make the NCAA tournament. On November 25th, Kentucky beat Moorhead 81-45. to Did you actually think on that day that this team would be in the NCAA tournament? And Kentucky would not be the NCAA tournament. Yeah. I don't think anybody thought that. I don't think anybody had that at all. So to sit here and say, well, Moorhead should have made it. And maybe they didn't make it. Well, that shows what Kentucky, how terrible they've been this season. That's okay. It's okay.
that was a crazy game to have them as a 10-point underdog and see them actually pull off the win. Other upsets yesterday, number 10, Villanova, number 11, Florida State, lost their games to Providence and Notre Dame. But the big game yesterday, North Carolina and Duke, that's it for Duke. The uh, They're 11-11. and 11. They're just like Kentucky. They've got to win the conference tournament now. But if Duke gets two wins in the ACC tournament, uh, you don't think the NCAA committee is going to put them in right at the very end? Yeah, huh? Yeah. They might get it right at the very end. They're ranked 41st in the Ken Palm ratings. Kentucky's ranked 48th at the current time. Other scores from yesterday, Alabama defeated Georgia. Who didn't see that coming? Virginia took down Louisville in Louisville. Just hammering home one of our usual uh, edicts on this show. Never, ever, ever go against Tony Bennett in the regular season. History and the numbers and the desert say uh, that's a bad bet every single time. Purdue defeated Indiana. Indiana now 12-14. and 14. Uh-huh. What happened to them? They're just... They're not even a blue blood anymore. You can't consider, you know, people say Duke and Kansas, North Carolina, they're all down this year, Kentucky. They don't even mention Indiana in that, in that kind of grouping anymore because they've been down for so long. Joe Lenardi this morning just had his new uh, bracketology come out. His new number one seeds, well, they're actually the same as last time, Gonzaga, Baylor, Michigan, Illinois. But, of course, Lenardi has Gonzaga playing the winner of Florida and Loyola Chicago a team that we're going to talk about shortly. Loyola Chicago, number nine in the Ken Palm ratings. So much for that number one seed advantage. Oh, but if Duke got that number one seed, they'd get cupcakes all the way to the final four. We all know that. I digress. Looking at Lenardi's current projected brackets, my final four would probably be Gonzaga. I'd actually have to go with Baylor and then maybe Houston and Alabama. With Gonzaga and Baylor making the finals, Gonzaga winning it. Easy money, right? Well, a lot will happen between today and when the real brackets are announced next Sunday. Our unranked traps, we hate to see them end for the year. 2-1 and one again this week, 22-5 and five on the season, 20-7 and seven against the spread. And sadly, they're done now for the regular season. We hope you got in on these while you could. Again, if you don't believe our record, WLXG.com, listen to our podcast. But is this the year... For the Big Ten to win the national championship. Michigan's probably going to be a number one seed. It looks like Illinois might be a number one seed now. Now, as a college basketball star, back in the Fab Five days, it seems like so long ago, and it was almost 30 years ago now, Jawan Howard helped Michigan reach two national championship games. Of course, everybody remembers the Chris Webber timeout game. That's another story. Michigan lost both of those games. And that trend has haunted the Big Ten for two decades. Only Michigan State in 2000 has won the national championship in the last 32 years of the Big Ten Conference. But Jawan Howard, now Michigan's coach, has a shot to reverse that March Kurtz for the Wolverines and the entire Big Ten. Michigan now a number one seed right up there with Gonzaga. They've conceivably passed Baylor on this line, although Baylor just lost their first game at Kansas last week. The popular notion of a two-horse race for the title, well, like it was Gonzaga and Baylor a few weeks ago, fading a little bit as the season reaches its turn for the home with Michigan making a run and Illinois also making a run. There was a pop a prop posted out in the desert last week. Big Ten teams 
plus 175 against the rest of the NCAA tournament field. And you have to remember, with the Big Ten, you don't just get Michigan, Illinois. You get Iowa. You get Ohio State. They're both going to be two or three seeds in this tournament. And other teams like Purdue, Wisconsin, Maryland, they're all projected to make the field. And even a team like Michigan State, even if they can somehow make the tournament, they'd have to beat Michigan today, which probably isn't going to happen. What a disaster that Indiana has become that they're not even in this conversation. But I digress. The Ken Pomeroy ratings, which the betters and the odds makers use on a daily basis, we use it on a daily basis too, I can promise you. Six Big Ten teams are ranked in the top 15 in America. And Michigan just jumped over Baylor this week into that number two spot in the Ken Palm and the AP poll when Michigan started out the season ranked number 25. In the Big Ten, Michigan does not get a night off, unlike Gonzaga, who gets plenty of nights off because they're a 25, 30-point favorite every night in conference. Gonzaga, we can't, how can we judge them? They haven't had a close game for two months with nothing but cupcake double-digit wins. But to his credit, the Gonzaga coach, Mark Few, did test his team early with the non-conference schedule. They defeated Kansas, West Virginia, Virginia, and Iowa. And they beat Iowa by 11 points, scoring 99 points on them back in December. But the Big 12 is probably a better league than the Big 10. It's just the Big 10 has more teams that can actually win the championship. Like we said, Ohio State and Iowa could probably win a few games in this tournament, but they don't have the defense to win the national championship. Like the numbers have told us, you need defense in this tournament over the last 20 years. So another prop was put up in uh, the desert this week, last week actually, Gonzaga, Baylor, or Villanova versus the field. This was before Villanova lost their last two games and lost two players to injury. Would have been a lot more valid if you had looked at this last week. But the three teams were a minus 140 favorite, but that line now creeping down as you can get odds on them now, especially when Baylor lost to Kansas and now Villanova's lost twice. But now it's time for our Bracketology 101 class. If you go back on our website, WLXD.com, you can, see, you can hear all the Bracketologies that we've given you in the past. We talked about first-round lower seeds, the round to take the favorites, the round to take the dogs in this tournament, the best and worst coaches in this tournament, how to find those first-round upsets. Class number six today, conference tournaments. Look at these Power Five conference tournaments. Do you, does it advantage to take an underdog, or the favorites. Well, for the past 15 years, you don't have any advantage out in the desert taking either side. 407 times the favorite is covered, 405 times the underdog is covered with 25 pushes. That's in the Power 5 leagues in the last 15 years in conference tournaments. That's about as even as you can get, 407 and 405. No advantage there. If you're looking for straight up, you want to take the dogs a little bit, but still, there's no return on investment by taking either favorites or dogs. But what we do find in conference tournaments, the first round underdogs, we're looking for these teams that have played lousy all seasons. The South Carolinas and Vandys of the world, if you equate it to the SEC. In the very first round of these tournaments, when you see a big underdog, six, six and a half points or higher, first round conference tournament game, if you take those underdogs, they cover 58.2% of the time. 131 up, 94 down. 
So if you're out in the desert trying to pick winners, take the first-round underdogs in these conference tournaments. But if you're also trying to look at these conference tournaments, you want to play defense. A lot of times these teams are on back-to-back games. A lot of times they're playing two days, three days, sometimes four days in a row. In these games, you want to go under the total. When you see a total of 140 or under, and these teams have been playing, both teams are coming off a a game the previous day, go under the total. That hits 58.3% of the time in conference tournaments. 273 up, 195 down. And, of course, we'll talk about this in our Mac Daddy Stogies. Conference tournament finals always go under the total, no matter what. Why? The concept is a lot of teams are nervous. This is especially in the smaller conferences. If they don't win this game, their season's over. If they win, they get to go to the tournament. It's the game of the year. So, of course, coaches and players are going to be more conservative. They're going to play close to the best. Take the conference tournament finals to go under blindly in every conference. If you do that, you'll be 127 up, 76 down, 62.6%. So that's how you cash tickets in the desert during the conference tournaments. Take the first-round underdogs, getting six-and-a-half or more. Go under in these games when both teams are playing on back-to-back days. And in the final game, no matter what, take the under in that game as well. Those are three tried-and-true trends that, as we give you the numbers earlier, will cash you a lot of tickets. By the way, two true conference tournament finals today, the Big South Conference and the Missouri, blindly go under. You'll be very well off. That does it for our bracketology for uh, this week. By the way, make sure to tune in uh, next week, next Sunday, our big selection Sunday, and a week from Tuesday, John Clay and I, John Clay, the Lexington Herald leader, and me, we will go toe-to-toe in our bottom-line bracketology spectacular. Whether you're picking your brackets or whether you're going out to the desert, make sure don't uh, make a transaction without it. Coming up after the break, we'll go over our Mac Daddy Stogies for the day, look at a few conference tournament futures. Uh, But we say it all the time. But first, of course, I didn't say but first. We say it all the time. In the real world, a friend in need is a friend in need. But on the bottom line, a friend in need is a pest. And if you have unwanted pests in your home, call our good friend Matt Schaefer and IPM Pests and Termite. They have decades of experience here in Lexington, and they are the best in the business at what they do. So check out IPM Pests and Termite today. That's myipm.com. That's myipm.com. That's IPM Pest and Termite, your neighborhood pest professional, myipm.com. ESPN Radio, 1300, 92.5. Bottom line with Brad Taylor. Thank you so much for listening this morning. We've had some technical difficulties here today. We hope we've got them all fixed now. We hope we're back up and running. If we're not... Make sure to listen to our podcast. Why, if you're not listening right now, how can you hear what I'm about to say? If you missed anything today, check out our podcast, WLXG.com. Uh, we will have the full version of this one. Uh, we thought we had a good opening to the show, but apparently nobody heard it. That's shame on us. But let's get to the most uh, profitable segment of Lexington Radio, our Mac Daddy Stogie Picks. Today, the final game of the regular season in college basketball. A few games we're looking at. Number 25, Wisconsin is at number 5, Iowa. Iowa, seven-point favorite in this game. Uh, if you can get more than seven somewhere, and this line might go up by the end, uh, by, by game time this afternoon. 
I wouldn't have a problem taking Iowa in this game. Iowa might run Wisconsin, who's proven to be a fraud, especially in home games. You might want to look to take uh, Iowa to run these team out of the gym today. Texas Tech, number 18, goes to number three, Baylor. Baylor right now sitting as an eight-point favorite out in the desert. Hard to go against Baylor, but, man, that's a lot of points, especially when you've got uh, a team like Baylor, excuse me, a team like Texas Tech, and you know you're going to have a coaching advantage, basically, anytime you uh, play Texas Tech. Be tough to take Baylor in those eight points. Game we referenced earlier, number two, Michigan, an eight-point favorite at Michigan State. Wow, you're getting value with Michigan State today. If you had said two months ago that Michigan State would be an eight-point underdog at home against Michigan, people would have called you crazy. Well, you're crazy because here it is. Michigan probably won this game, but, man, eight points at Michigan State at home? I don't care how bad they lost to Michigan the other day. I've got to take Michigan State here. And here's a big game that I wonder what the people in the desert are thinking, and usually when you think that, you want to follow the money on this one. Florida goes to Tennessee today. Tennessee, a five-point favorite. Five and a half in a lot of spots now, as uh, we've seen this line go up. Ken Pomeroy says Tennessee's only going to win this game by three. Hard to think that Florida will go up to Tennessee and just get blown out of the water in this one, especially after they came up here to Kentucky last week and played well. But is Tennessee that much better than Kentucky? Uh, I don't know. I take Florida and the points of this one. But our conference tournaments are getting under underway this week. A good rule of thumb if you're trying to win some money on these uh, conference tournaments, especially by picking futures, don't take the futures. Just money, pick a team, money line that team, and let it ride all the way through. That's a much safer proposition that you can hedge anytime you want to. Of course, the SEC, Alabama sitting as the favorite at 2-1. to one. Kentucky, as of this morning, 16-1 to one to win the SEC conference tournament. Uh, we see a lot of value in LSU sitting at ten to one right now. They're going to get the double buy. Yeah, ten to one LSU. That's that's the value pick. The LSU uh, Tigers in that one. Other Power Five conferences. We just talked about Michigan three to two to win the Big Ten conference tournament next week. No value there. Looking at Iowa and Illinois at seven to two. Any one of conceivably five to six teams can win this tournament. So to sit here and take a favorite, Michigan at 3-2, to two, probably not your best value. We would look at Iowa and Illinois. Big 12, talk about a team with no value in this tournament. Baylor, 1-2, excuse me, 1-2-2 two, two, to win this tournament. No value there at all. Texas Tech at 8-1. to one. That's a team we like value-wise that you may not get. Here's our favorite, well, our second favorite uh, conference tournament pick. USC, 3-2 to two to win the Pac-12. No value at, at all there. Dana Altman. Oregon, they're sitting as the third choice in the conference, 7-2. Dana Altman in Oregon, a history of cashing numerous tickets in this tournament. Don't ever go against that. I'll never go against Altman in the postseason, no matter what. But our very favorite conference tournament line, the ACC, Florida State sitting at 5-2, coming off a loss yesterday, a big loss, Notre Dame. Number two choice, Virginia, 7-2. On Florida State's side of the bracket in this tournament, they have... North Carolina, Duke, and Louisville. On Virginia's side of the bracket, the three toughest teams on their side, Georgia Tech, Syracuse, Clemson. Uh-huh. We'll take Virginia. We'll take Virginia to win this tournament at 7-2. to That's our Mac Daddy Stogie as far as the conference tournaments go. Uh, another Mac Daddy Stogie today. By, by the way, Creighton. 
Don't be playing on Creighton in this tournament. I know they won yesterday, but they're having some off-court issues. Their coach, Greg McDermott, said some uh, inflammatory things. And is the whole team going to be with him? Are they going to be against him? That's not something I want to take chances on. So Creighton, a good fade team here in March. Our Mac Daddy Stogie for today, the Missouri Valley Conference Championship game. Always a good moneymaker if you play the unders in this tournament. And Loyola of Chicago, the number one team in Ken Palm in defensive efficiency. And then the first two games of this tournament, Loyola of Chicago have allowed 49 points in one game, 49 in the next game. Their opponent today, Drake, they played them twice this season. They let Drake score 54 in the first game, 50 the second game. There you go. We'll take our chances with Loyola and the Missouri Valley Conference. Nothing like playing the under in that tournament. If you've blindly taken the under in the Missouri Valley Conference tournament in the last 15 years, you've gone 93-50, and 50, 65%. You talk about a conference where it's tight and people are playing really close to the vest. The Missouri Valley, you'll get a glimpse of it today. Take the under in the Missouri Valley Conference Championship game. Drake and Loyola, the number one team in America in defense. So that's your Mac Daddy Stogie for today. We're going to take a break right now, and when we come back, we're going to set up the rest of the day on ESPN Radio and a few quick hitters before we get out the door. But first, Clark's Auto Service. Our good friend Bill Clark and uh, Ethan Hall and our good friends at Clark's Auto Service. Longtime advertisers here at ESPN Radio. We're very proud of them. Make sure they fixed my car up before the winter, and it's it's warm. I get so warm in the wintertime driving my car, I have to roll the windows down, even in the middle of a snowstorm. Make sure to check them out, ClarksAutoLexington.com. That's Clark's Auto Service. Check them out, ClarksAutoLexington.com. ESPN Radio, 1,392.5. The bottom line with Brad Taylor, thank you so much for listening to us today. We've had some uh, technical difficulties. We have some uh, issues, and that's all on me, and I apologize for that. Still trying to learn how to work this board a little bit. Uh, But we appreciate you hanging in there with us. Make sure, if you can hear us now, uh, to tune into our podcast, WLXD.com. We had our whole show taped, at least. We got it taped, so we can put it up on our website. And you can hear the whole thing from uh, start to finish if you want to. Make sure to tune in our website, WLXD.com, and go to our podcast page, and you can hear this entire show start to finish. Coming up today on ESPN Radio, the Big South Championship at 1145. It's Campbell, 17-9 on the year, versus Winthrop, 22-1. Winthrop, an 11.5-point favorite in this game. If Winthrop doesn't win this game, they go to 22-2. and two. Do they make the NCAA tournament? Eh, probably not. That's the world we live in today. So, yeah, there's a game for you. And then at 145, right after that game, the Atlantic Sun Championship. North Alabama, 13-10 versus Liberty, 22-5. and 13.5, the Liberties are uh, favored in that game. But at 630, the NBA All-Star Game. Team LeBron versus Team Durant. What happened to the good old days when it was just East versus West? Apparently those days are over. Team LeBron, a three-and-a-half-point favorite in this game. Oh, always take the dogs to the All-Star games. By the way, take the over. The over has gone 10-5 and in the last 15 All-Star games. Not something I'm going to invest in, but if you're looking to invest in that game, that's how you go. This total opened 307-and-a-half, now at 313-and-a-half. 83% of the public is on the over. Yeah, fade the public, maybe not so much. Don't forget, Hank, 105.5 today. It's NASCAR Sunday at 3.30. Their Pennzoil 400 presented by Jiffy Lube. Of course, last week it was called the Vodka Martini 400. Who knows? 
shaken, not stirred. Kevin Harvick on the pole, live from Las Vegas, a town we wish we were at here all month of March. But we're stuck here in Lexington, Kentucky. Thumbs up to the Las Vegas people. Make sure Hank 105.5, the Pennzoil 400, presented by Jiffy Lube. Make sure to tune in, top of the hour, to go to the Angelo Show. He will take you through the world of sports talk radio as only he can. He's the best in the business. Thank you so much for joining us uh, for the bottom line. Make sure to follow us on Twitter at Bottom Line Lex. Email anytime, bottomlinelex at gmail.com. And as always, may the winners be yours.